Wouldn't that be a bummer? <laughs> but I don't want to talk about it on air. <laughs> I don't blame you. I got a uh, text from my friend Stu the other day. Stu. Hi, Stu. Does Stu listen? Should we not say hi Stu to him? Stu does listen, but I don't know that hi, we'll Stu. put this in the show. Okay. <laughs> Just because I didn't ask him. Okay. Um, well, then I take it back. But Although it's already out there. I've already said hi. <laughs> I, I can't not, I can't take my hi back. Well, yeah, you're still saying hi to him. I'm just saying that it's, you know, well, either way, Stu writes me out of nowhere. He's a friend of mine, photographer, lives down in um, Miami and uh, oh. Miami. You've heard of Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, this week's episode was so beautiful, but I also wasn't expecting to be crying in my car. Yes, I've gotten a few of those. And then he said, I don't feel alone when I'm listening to OTP. Thank you. Isn't that great? Yeah. I love that. And I think this, the last few have been really good in that respect. But this last one, I think we got a lot more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hit hard. Feedback. Yeah. And we also asked for feedback, which I think helps. Yes. Uh, but, But people saying, you know, things like this, that, hey, this brought me to tears or I was in my car or I was at home or, you know, I'm, I, I feel seen was another one that I saw from, uh, Cam's Campbell. Sure. I, f- I feel like you guys see me. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know that there's a better compliment for me anyway. I don't know that there's a better compliment that you could pay me than, than something like that, that, that I feel seen. I feel heard. I don't feel like I was, I'm, I'm as alone as I was before I started listening. That's great. You know, um, I was thinking about this as the, the opposite side of what we were talking about, uh, about the specialness stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And what we make needing to be special. That, yeah. That and, and there yeah. being so much of it out there that it feels less special because everyone feels like everyone's doing what you used to think was your own little private thing. You know what I mean? Um, that sounded terrible. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, but just, you know, everyone out there, it, it feels like uh, you're just one of millions, you know, which of right. course is true, always has been true, but it's more obvious nowadays. But I guess the flip side of that are things like our show where you and I talking on a mic for an hour can lead to dozens of people emailing us and sending us notes and stuff saying, oh my God, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. This is how I feel all the time. Right. I feel less alone, that, that, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, no, there's something really good about that. Oh, see, and I yeah. forgotten, forgot to take my teeth out. <laughs> it is, uh, it is definitely a, a privilege to do. Yeah, there we go. And, and I think, you know, I was thinking about that whole specialness thing and okay. So here's another, another side to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it, I'm going to come at it from music, but I think it could apply across the board, any sort of creative endeavor. Okay. Okay. I, I have a couple synths that I've purchased in the last few years and I've, I've always liked them. Uh, I wrote about it in the last iteration, how, you know, I used to go to this music store in Pomona with my mom and this guy high would let me loose in the synth room and they had, you know, everything. Every, every vintage, what is now a vintage synth, right? Sure. <laughs> At the time they were, they were just synths, you know, Prophet 5, Oberheim. We just called uh, them synths back in the day. Yeah, right. Uh, Juno 106, Jupiter 8, sure. you know, everything. 
And I've always been a fan. I've always, I've always wanted to do something with those kinds of devices. But the realization is that I'm never going to be a piano player. I'm never, you know, I'm not going to put the time in. First of all, I don't have the time to put in, but I'm never going to put the time in to be uh, a, a competent piano player. Okay. So I look for other tools that help me get there so that I don't have to feel as limited by my lack of skill. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. So when you, when you look at, so what would those tools be versus the one that you have? Well, uh, you know, using, uh, generative, uh, tools kind of like what, I mean, this is a bad comparison because he can also play piano, but like what Brian Eno uses for a lot of his music. Okay. Um, where you're setting up rules and the computer is, is deciding how to interpret and execute those rules. Sure. Um, or putting in notes by hand in a step sequencer where I can just go, da, 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 da. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Da, 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 da. And I don't have to be able to play it per se. Right. But I can get something. It's not going to have that level of improvisation that you would get. It's not going to have the level of finesse from, from, you know, velocity and aftertouch and all of those things that, that really bring a, a performance to life. But I can use some of these tools to not, to get past the fact that I, that I am frustrated by my own lack of ability. I, you could probably use other of those tools to add all of those things that you said are missing. Oh, okay. No, well, I'm see, just saying that I'm yeah, sure I that I don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that that stuff exists. I don't know. I don't use any of it, but, um, yeah, no, it's true. Sometimes it's, 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 it's knowing your limitations and, and not judging yourself based on those. Um, yeah. And realizing that it's, that I can still, I can still make, and I've got, I've got quotes because it's, I'm not making as much, I guess, because the computer is filling in some of those gaps. Right. But I'm, uh, th- th- this thing I'm writing at the moment is, um, is, uh, around this Japanese principle called Ikigai. Okay. And it's, it's the, 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 the basic premise is, is there are four things there's, there's what you, what you love, what you're good at, what you can make money at, and what the world needs. Okay. And um, that it's a, it's a Venn diagram. So all four circles, top, bottom, left, right, they overlap in that one little spot in the center. But then there are other spots where just the two overlap. And those, those, are, those are other things. You know, for example, uh, uh, if, you, if you love doing something, but you do it for free, that's a mission, right? Right. Because you're not, you're not getting paid for it. If you if you are good at something and you get paid for it, that's a job. Right. 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 Um, right. You know, that, that kind of thing. Um, and I'm just trying to speak to those people who, who might really love doing something, but not be very good at it and are letting that lack of skill or, or a lack of something, maybe it's not even skill, keep them from pursuing it. Sure. Right. Like, like you just said, you just kind of blew my mind. There are, there are things that you can do to make something in a sequencer sound more expressive. Sure. I think is basically what you're saying. Yeah. And I'm, I'm assuming that that's the case. I, you know, I'm just throwing right. it out Instead there. of just, you know, whole notes or, you know, just stock eighth notes going, bang, bang, sure. bang, bang, you know, whatever. Um, knowing that, that goes, that lets me go, oh, well, wait a minute. 
now I can, I, I, I don't have to be as adept at this because I'm not going to play this stuff live. This is all just me plunking around for myself. It doesn't have to be anything. All I want it to be is fun. And if I can, if I can adapt my workflow and use some tools that still let me get something out on the other side that I like without being frustrated about my lack of skill. So what, you know, it's, it's kind of like in photography, the people that, that shoot on program mode, you know, and how like the, there are some photographers who really frown on people using program mode and like, I don't care. Sure. There are engineers that spend a lot of time trying to to get build hardware. It works really well. Yeah. Yes. So you're going to tell them it's not, it it doesn't count unless you're in manual mode and you're like, who are you? Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 I also think it's interesting the way you put that because the people for whom not being good at something stops them from doing it are also the less they worry about that, the better they're going to get. You know, say that again. again. So, so, so if, 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 if you, if you think you're not good at playing a synth and so therefore you don't play a synth because you compare yourself to all the other people playing synths and you say, I'm never going to get good at this. So I'm just not going to do it. If that same amount of time was taken just saying, you know what, I'm just going to do this because I enjoy doing it and the heck with how it compares to other people. Oh, I see. You yeah. are just by definition going to get better at it. You know, yeah. the more yeah. you, yeah. the more you ignore your inability, the more your inability will become an ability. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I yeah. believe that. Um, yeah. So you like this Ikigai theory. I, I like it. And Sean said something, I, I don't remember who the quote was, but it's, it's something of, of you know, f- find the spot where your great passion and the world's great hunger collide. And I like that. Sure. It's a little woo woo. And know? It's, it's, it's also a little tech bro. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I like, I like the idea of, you know, we, we tend to think that those boxes are, are disparate boxes and they don't connect or even overlap. Sure. And I think the, that, the truth is that they can overlap and they can bleed one into another. But is it also um, okay if there's things that you love that the world isn't clamoring for? Yeah, absolutely. Right. I feel like yeah. the, the only thing that bothers me about those sorts of ways of looking at things is that they, they, they put pressure on you to search to find that thing. Yes. Which may not exist. It may not exist. Yeah. And that's, that's, so the like, I haven't it. found it. I haven't found it. I haven't found it. Well, maybe well, you haven't found it because it doesn't exist. Hi, welcome to my fifties. Exactly. Right? right. I don't know that it does. So it takes, it takes, uh, it might take a pullback. It might take a, you know, a kaleidoscope where you just twist it a tiny bit and something else falls into place and you go, Oh, well, this isn't exactly what I was after, but sure. This, this can work in its stead, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, the things that I looked at for me, I don't know where they would overlap. I mean, I, I think I, you know, I, maybe this yeah, is what, where it's overlapping. Maybe. And that's it. And that's the thing is, is, you know, my, my work history and my experience, and you and I've talked about this many times, it'll, it'll and then I think yours is, is very similar. It allows us to talk to a variety of people because we are at, at, at the very base level, we're interested. Yeah. We may not know a lot about what you do or what it is that you're about. But tell but us I all can about promise it. you, yeah. yeah, we're interested from, from the beginning. Yep. And I think that's kind of 
I guard that and I try to nurture that level of interest and curiosity and, and I don't always do it well. And Adrian has said for years, and I think she's right, that I'm much better at it when a mic's in front of me. Oh, really? Yes. But you've also told stories of, oh, I was at this shop the other day and talking to the guy who's running it. Th- that is true. That is true. I talk to people everywhere and I love that. I think where, where I've gotten stuck is, is this bombardment of, well, you should be able to turn any side hustle into $42,000 a month, only working an hour a day. Right, 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 right. You know, and if we let go of that and just indulge, and I, and I know this is from a, 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 a perspective or a, or a, 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 not perspective. It's from, it's from a point of extreme privilege, right? I, I know that. Sure. That I can just go, well, what do I want to do? Yeah. You know? And I love it. I love that I can do that. And I think I've, you know, I've gone back and listened to the last few shows. And I think that there are, there are some concrete, I don't think I know, there are some concrete steps that I've taken on the back of re-listening to those and going, yeah, why, why am I not doing that? Right. Why, why don't I just, you know, do whatever it is. So I've ordered some print samples for, for, uh, prints for my, my paintings. Okay. Good. And I'm not going to print them. That, I know that I've, I've, <laughs> I've decided that I do not want to print. Where, where'd you order from by the way? <clears throat> uh, there's there are two places, one place in the U S one place in the UK. Um, and then, uh, there's, uh, um, a fulfillment service that Printful uses. Um, cause they're not, they're not going to be signed or numbered or anything like that. They're just, you know, if, if you want a little something, it's going to be there for you. Sure. Now, if you, if you do want a big signed print, I'll print those. Right. But I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm going to do many of those, you know, I, I, prints just don't seem to sell. Yeah. And then if you, right. And if, if you put up these other ones for sale and let's say each one you make, I don't know, 15, 20 bucks or whatever the, whatever it works out to be, I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how the pricing is. Um, you know, it's like, well, maybe you're going to sell a lot more at 50 bucks than you would at $250. Right. Right. Like maybe you'll sell a hundred of them at, at, at 50 bucks. Yeah. And um, I don't have to worry about it because I, I promise you that nobody that buys one of these is going to look at it as critically as you and I will. Nobody. No, no, nobody is going to wander around the house and look at it in different light and go, well, the red is fine in this light, but in this light, it's a little off. Yes. Yeah. You're, you're saying from the point of view of the printing, not a, as from the point of view of your art. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Right. Correct. Right. Yeah. It's, it's going to look great no matter what it is. Yes. Uh, there's a, and I mean, there's a print, others have done it. There's a print of one of my uh, motion uh, images, a big print um, that was above the fireplace at my friend's fancy New York townhouse uh, years ago. And then they sold the townhouse and they moved out to Connecticut and they put it up on the wall. And, and I know a relative of theirs who was there and she just sent me a picture of her in front of my picture on the wall at their new, oh, that's at their cool. new house. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, there it is. There's that print, you know. Like, How big did you go with that? Is that that's work. That's like uh uh that, that that's work that needs to be big. It's interesting. Okay, so little side tangent here. Uh I have printed the motion pictures anywhere from 8 by 10 inches up to I think we did 8 a 12 by 10 feet uh, for a gym in LA somewhere. Um, 
and I didn't see the final version of those because, you know, we had somebody else print them and whatnot. Um, I've printed up to, I don't know, 30 by 24, something like that. To me, they almost felt a little too big. Really? At, at 24 by 30? Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, they look fine big, but I actually like the way they look at 16 by 20. That's like my oh, wow. sort of preferred size. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Some some of it is because they were shot on a 20 megapixel camera that was then cropped. So they're only 16 megapixel files. Right. And right. I brought up the shadows a lot. So they're, they're a little, they look like not grainy, but there's a, there's a chunk to them yeah. um, that it wouldn't be today if I shot them today. Um, so there are like limitations to the file. I did up res them at one point, like mm. take them and put them through like re export the raw file at quadruple resolution and redo all of the post work on them at the higher res. Yeah. Yeah. And they do I wonder look, what they would they look, look like now with uh, Photoshop's new up res technology. Cause somebody, somebody said it was really good. Yeah. It's a good question. The thing about those is that they're so smushy. I'm using all these words that don't exist. There's so they're, they they have such a lack of definition in them that I wonder how the algorithm would grab onto that. Right. Like there's nothing right. to multiply. It's just a sweep of gradients, you know? Mm. So it should do, either it would do really well or it wouldn't do well at all. I don't know. I don't know uh, which is which anyway. But yeah, so I think we did it. I think it's like a 40 inch print or 30 something inch print on the see, long I love side. That. Yeah. I'd love to see them like all helmet Newton style, just big. And it, you know? you know, and it looked cool just like, you know, on the wall, um, at his house. And it's like, Oh, look at that. That's my picture on the wall at somebody's house, you know, which, which is just, uh, sending it to you in our super secret snap uh, uh, channel. Um, do you generally like seeing your work out in the real world? Yeah. Or you do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, (laughs) I remember I may have told this story one time, but like the, the, the best one that feels like it was in a movie and I was standing on a street corner with this person I had just met and they were just like, well, what do you do? I was like, well, I take portraits and, and this kind of thing. I said, oh, well, you know, what kind of stuff? What do they look like? And as we're talking, a bus pulls up in front of us and there's a picture of Malcolm Gladwell on the side that I shot because oh it was gosh, author photo. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. well, something like that. Nice. <laughs> and cute. Yeah, it was yeah, totally yeah. like that. So that's fun. Um, anyway, but uh, yes, absolutely. People will put these things in, in their houses and yeah, they're not going to obsess about them the way we would. You know, even this print that I made for this guy's house, it's like, it's a nice print. Is it, would I put it up at the Gagosian? I, I don't know. I probably would have thought about it more. You know, I think I had this one made at Elko, which I love. Um, Didn't they go out of business? I think that they're still around because I, I, I'm i pretty sure I ordered something recently from them. Uh, if maybe they went down during, no, Elko Color Labs, Elko Color dot net. Still there. Oh, they're still there. Good. Good. Poster special still 20 by 30, starting at $9.95. What are they printing those on? What, do you know what the paper well, is? Well, I'll tell you exactly. It's Fuji Professional Silver Halide Papers uh, huh. on a uh, Durst Theta 76HS C printer. So they're oh, C so print. it's a C print. Yeah, they're wow. big C prints. Yeah. Wow. They, in fact, they have a new one. They have a flatbed UV printer that can do up to four by eight feet in size. Wow. That's big. Yeah. And the, big the best part about it is they charge by the square foot. Oh, wow. Because it's like $10 a square foot or something like that. It's actually not unreasonable considering the size of it, you know. 
Um, wow. Anyway, cool stuff. Um, yeah, you know, you're right though, that, that, that the changes that you make from listening to even our conversations, you know, last, last, I think it was last week that you and I, yeah, where I was saying how I, I, I had had a argument with a friend and felt bad about it and all that. I think we talked about that on the show. Um, yes. Did you get that sorted out by the way? Yeah, somewhat. Um, yeah, working good. on it. Um, good. but, um, it did. This is a weird time of year for me. Uh, mm-hmm. End of summer is weird. We're, you know, nine days out from my father's anniversary of his death. Um, right. So this is like a time of year that's a little odd for me anyway. Um, so I go up and down like a little roller coaster lately. But I am feeling our conversations make me feel better, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I sat down last last. Tuesday, uh, after we recorded and did everything, I sat down and wrote, I think, 20 pages of dialogue for, for oh, wow. movies. Um, wow. so, you know, sometimes you just need that little kick in the pants, you know? Um, I, I have an idea for a new project, uh, that I thought maybe you and I could talk through a little bit, how this all works. Sure. Um, do you, how much planning do you do? Sorry, I just bumped my mic stand. How much planning do you, <laughs> how, much, oh, what? <laughs> how much planning do you do where you put your mic stand before we record? Right. Um, how much planning do you do before you start a series, start a, start a new thing? Uh, depends on, it depends on what it is. Okay. B- depending, like, uh, um, uh, limitations of like materials and that kind of stuff or, yeah, or I mean if it's if it's the propaganda kind of stuff I have to source all of the material that I want to use in the work obviously sure if, if it's just color and texture I tend to try and just let that come you know I might do little sketches of composition of of you know uh not what I want it to look like but rough blocks of of visual space where I want something you know sure composition wise yeah um so not very much though in that, but with, with the propaganda stuff, yes, a lot, because I tend to have to scan things or I have to make emulsion transfers of them beforehand, or I have to, you know, do both. I have to scan them, get them up to scale or down to scale and then make emulsion transfers. So that, that kind of stuff, there's a lot more planning and, and preparation. And you've picked this, the final size of the thing too, right? At that yes. Point. Yes. And how do you do that? Um, honestly, it's, it's it's because I like the size of album covers. I mean, most of the stuff that I've been doing oh, recently is 12 by 12. Sure. Sure. I've done some eight by eights, smaller pieces, but I, I like that album cover jacket size. You and like Phil Hartman. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, comedian Phil Hartman also used to design album covers. Um, and it, it's, it's a big enough size where you can print it at, at full scale tw- at 12 by 12 and it's fine. Yep. You could even go up to 24 by 24 on the, on the paper size with a two inch border on either side. So now you're 20 by 20. It's not going to fall apart very much because you still have enough, enough data to work with. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, um, so I have found in the past. Okay. So you, you, you've been bugging me about doing more travels. Yes. Um, <laughs> is that true? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a gentle prod, but yes, um, I love them. And I was sitting with uh, my friend Bianca the other night. We went out and got ta- tacos, tacos, tacos. Um, and we were talking, God, well, how did we get to this? 
we were talking about, oh, she was going to uh, uh, Italy and we were talking about museums and then we were talking about certain paintings and that got me on the fact that I like things that are square, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, my sergeant that I love and Las Meninas is almost square. I think it's a little tall, but, uh, it's almost square. Uh, the calling of St. Matthew is square. I like the negative space. I like, I just like that whole thing. And so I think I'm going to lock down this new series to square. Um, love it, which gives me something I don't normally do. You know, it's interesting. It. We don't, photographers nowadays i think because our cameras are all three by two or three by four or whatever you know it's very rare for a while their square was a big thing because of the origins of instagram Uh, right you know at least digitally you know but we've kind of like let that go but i square is is is, has a thing to it so i think we're going to go square and uh, I, I'm going to like sort of work out a specific focal length. So they're all shot at the same. So they're all within the same little world. Love it. Um, now, are, are you locking the camera off square so you don't even have the option to crop? Well, so assuming I'm shooting with the Fuji for now. Um, by the way, they're coming out with a new Fuji next week. Are they? Uh, yeah. A, what is it? A new version, a new version of the GFX 100, which is the big version of this camera the, the there was a camera before this camera called the gfx 100 that actually has a vertical grip so it's sort of like a 1d kind of size oh, camera okay okay um that had a better evf and it was bigger and had better battery life and whatever and then they that was about 10 grand this one was six grand and it was basically like a slightly cut down same sensor and everything it just had a worse evf and stuff the new version of the big one is supposed to be the same size as this one, except to have much better autofocus, much better tracking, a 9 million dot EVF versus a 3 point wow. something million dollar or million dot EVF. Um, eight stop versus five stop uh, shake, anti-shake. Um, Are you going to trade yours in and get it? I don't know. We'll see when they actually put it out and see what people say about it. But if it solves some of the things I hate about this one, which is like the speed of it um i don't know maybe anyway because the glass is all really great anyway so if i shoot with this one um you can't shoot raw square um in fact if you want to shoot anything other than four by three you actually have to have it also shoot jpeg Mm. so it shoots a square jpeg say but it will give you the full raw ah okay yeah 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 yeah. that's the way it works so in the end i'd end up coming home with a full width or height raw just throwing part of it out um, right. Um, so because it's funny because the the drabbles were all about a specific focal length. It was all the 28 on my Canon. Um, and that's what gave all of those pictures a very specific feel. And I think that they were all three by two and they were all the same focal length. And so assuming I do similar stuff with the light in all of these images, I should have a set that kind of feels of a type. Um Interestingly enough, also, I started a little while back a new set of people writing me to be part of a new conceptual thing. And I got, you know, 10, 15 people to say yes. And that was a while back. So um, that's not part of this. No, but I know. Well, I never used them. Oh, 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 oh. You know what I'm saying? So I have this 
group of potentially people to work with, or at least call on for the first set of them as, you know, okay, yeah, let's try to do something new with these people. Um, Love it. So anyway, I'm, 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 my only worry about this is that I always, no, let me rephrase that in the past in historically, um, the more I plan, the worse things end up being. And the more I just jump into things and don't know what I'm doing, the better things end up, Mm. which is so interesting because I think that's different than a lot of people. You know, a lot of people are exactly the opposite. Schedule people and then go, okay, meet me on the corner of blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah at, at 4 p.m. Sure. Yeah. It's sometimes, or, or it will be, um, you know, do you have access to any interesting locations? And they'll be like, oh yeah, my parents live in this place here. Or this guy I know has a mm-hmm. factory and he'll let us take pictures there or whatever. Um, locations are a big part of it. And has that gotten harder with, with photography having increased sort of exponentially the number of people who are taking pictures? Has it, has it become harder to get a location? Yeah. It's more difficult for me to differentiate myself from every other photographer out there when it comes to, right. I'm just a photographer and I want to take pictures here. Um, Do not, people generally want to charge now, whereas they maybe didn't years ago? Usually what I try to do is have it be someone that I know or someone the subject knows so that it's sort of a, it's not a, Hey, can we use your factory thing? It's like, Oh, your niece is, I'm taking her picture. Can we, can we use your factory right. uncle guy? Um, right. Sometimes that works uh, and ends up being good. Um, but, but it also, you know, it's funny how much, so you have the person, you have, you know, the look, the whole thing. And usually there's some vague idea of something. It's like, Oh, we have Jeffrey and it's a record store. Okay. Well, what can we do in a record store with Jeffrey? You know what I mean? Like, Oh, we could have him, look like he's sorting through 10,000 records. You know what I mean? Trying to find the one that he wants or, you know, whatever the story you're trying to tell is. Um, And sometimes you have a vague idea of that going in. And sometimes that ends up being the final product. Sometimes the final products ends up being completely different. There's a, you know, one of my original travels was this, uh, my friend um, out on the fire escape outside uh, my apartment. Right, right, right. Hanging on it. That one? Yeah, she's oh, no, kind of no, no. she's holding on to the to the to the bars yeah. like sort of behind it. Um yeah. and, and 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 the uh the 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 sun uh, it was like sunset was coming in. Um and I originally was shooting her from the fire escape. So I was on the fire escape too shooting her. And I needed some fill. I wanted to put like an edge light on her from behind sort of the corner. And there's a window that juts out of sort of a bay window where I could get a light to come and hit her. Um And so I went inside and I grabbed a light and I set it up and I was putting it by that window. And I look at her out that window and I was like, oh, no, this is the shot. Hmm. I had it all wrong going the other way. Right. So sometimes it's, you know, whenever I hear about these these directors in movies and, you know, they have everything, uh, you know, can what what is the term they use? Uh, The where they uh, they previs everything. You know, right, 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 right. It's like they have every single shot with every angle and every lens they're going to use. They have it all figured out. It's like, man, I would feel so stunted by that. That's like color by numbers at that point. And I know you figured it all out before, but what if you get there and it looks better the other way? You know, are you are you flexible enough to change, or is that flexibility is is that knowing what you're going to do part of your process and you just go with it because you figured it out before? You know, right. So for me, I I need some flexibility in there. So anyway. This is all to say that now that 
September, we're into September and the summer's over and everyone's going back and now we can, everyone's back from the Hamptons and whatnot in the New York city area. Um, I'm going to make a couple of calls and do a couple of these things just to figure out what the original was, like create the origin one, sort of the, you know, Conrad in the back of the Chevy uh, version of this potential new series. Yeah. Where does everything branch from? Yeah. But I just, I need something. Yeah. I need a stick in, I need something in the ground. Of like, okay, mm. yeah, this is this is what I'm trying to go for. May not be perfect. It may not be exactly what all the other other ones are going to be like, but I can go from here. I'm a, I'm good at iterating. I'm good at mm. moving within a space. But if I'm in an open field, if I'm on a salt flat, well, not like in Burning Man. Ooh, that sounds like a nightmare, huh? Yeah, glad yeah, I'm not there. No, I I've never really wanted to go there. No. But- now even less had you gone this year you would have been like son of a <laughs> yeah i couldn't have waited one year <laughs> exactly uh but you know you're out in the middle of a salt flat and you don't even know which you're running and you don't even know if you're making progress right you know like i hate that feeling so at least if you have a stake in the ground you can look back and say yep i'm 20 meters away yep i'm 50 meters away um and so 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 yeah so anyway that's i just i love that idea it's great. My it's this guy, uh, Peter Shankman, who is a, a friend of mine, uh, who has ADHD, and writes about it, and and writes books about it, and and gives talks about it, and is sort of like one of these, you know, how to make ADHD part of your company's life, you know, that kind of. He's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Very nice guy. Um, used to have the BlackBerry Typing Championship speed test. He like would win competitions typing on a BlackBerry. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know they had those. Yeah. Well, back I mean, in I the knew day. they had Blackberries, but yeah, they didn't know they had competition. <laughs> Wait, what? You didn't know about Blackberries? Very There's small, a documentary. Watch it. A small it's room in really... the front of the plane where the pilot sits, but that's not important yeah, right now. It's not important right now. That's right. <laughs> um, anyway, he, uh, he wrote, he sent out an email this morning that said, avoidance feeds anxiety. Hmm. And I think it's true. You know, I, when I was doing, uh, my skateboarding for a few weeks at the beginning of the summer, yes. And I'm going to try to get back to it now that it's cool enough, but you know, I would be terrified to go down some little bank or something like that. Little bank. I'd be terrified to go down a bank that was taller than me, you know, cause that's scary. Um, but almost every time I just sort of shut my mind up and just pushed past that line and just, whoa, you know. By the bottom of it, I was like, oh, that actually wasn't as scary as I thought it would be. And I think a lot of things in life are not as scary as we think they're going to be. It's us avoiding them, which makes them even scarier, right? Mm. It's like not going to get your tooth drilled because you're terrified of whatever. It's just your tooth's just going to get worse in the meantime. I don't know. I, I, I've, I noticed that I avoid and I'm trying to avoid. I'm trying to jump into things as opposed to avoiding them. Is there a difference between avoidance and procrastination? I think there are people who procrastinate because I think people procrastinate for different reasons. I think there are people who procrastinate because they're scared of something, in which case I would say that avoidance is similar. I think that there are people who procrastinate because they're lazy and they just don't want to do the work. You know, I'm procrastinating cleaning the bathroom or whatever. Um, I think there are people who procrastinate because they're worried that whatever is at the other end isn't as good as they want it to be. Right. I think that's one that we often get. Yes. Um, 
But I think that's also a kind of avoidance because we know and have talked about a million times, it's never going to be what you want it, exactly what you want it to be. Maybe it'll be better. Maybe it'll be worse. Maybe it'll be completely different. Yeah. It'll never be perfect. So we know that. So why are we scared that that's a possibility? It's not a possibility. It's an inevitability. Hmm. But we, but we still avoid it. Yeah. You know? Um, so I don't know, Jump, jumping in with both feet m more often, more like more, I don't know what the way I'm trying to put it. I'm, I'm trying to be better about just, just jump and just do it. Just jump in the water. Don't put your feet in and then get your ankles wet and then go up to your knees. Just jump in the water. Right. <laughs> right. You're going to be here for 15 minutes getting in the water and then you have 15 minutes less time in the water. Just jump in the water. Just jump in. It's not going to. You, you ever, you ever do that cold water jump in where it's like 30 degrees? Like a, like a cold water plunge or like a polar bear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. The cold water plunge. I have not done either of them actually. I'd like uh, to try that. Would you go to Coney Island and do the thing? Uh, is that, that's the polar bear club, right? Yeah. Probably not. Cause that's the ocean. Wait, this and, is too cold in the ocean? What do you mean? No, it's, it's the ocean off the coast of New York, right? Or New Jersey? Where is that? New York. It's, 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 in fact, I'm going there tonight to watch a baseball game. Yeah, I don't need, I don't need to get in that water. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're saying you don't trust the water? No. Interesting. I mean, I wouldn't jump into the Potomac either. Apparently Still they go every Sunday from November through April. Really? I'm just looking it up now. Do they wear respirators or anything? <laughs> How many people have heart attacks? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I don't. I wouldn't feel comfortable in that. What What would you think would happen? I don't know. You two weeks ago, you're telling me about this flesh eating bacteria. Now you want me to jump in oh, off the coast of New York? I don't. Want that. It's, it's a it's a it's a clean ocean. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> people go swimming there all the time. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's, so it's, it's, it's not the cold. It's, it's the, it's the cleanliness of, 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 yeah, yeah, of yeah, the, yeah. of the Atlantic ocean. Well, that part of the Atlantic ocean. Yes. Well, it's way the hell down there. It's not like right off of the coast of, uh, of Manhattan. I mean, Coney Island, not exactly known for being clean. Is it? Is it? No, it's known for. I saw the warriors. <laughs> you were in the Warriors. You're one, you're one of the old shopkeepers who's like <laughs> closing down because the gangs are going by. <sighs> Apparently, that's partly based on a true story. Oh, really? Yeah, I got to look that up. I, I heard it on a podcast the other day that there was some crazy thing that happened that that the Warriors is based on. Uh, it's there's a historical angle to it. I'm gonna I have to huh. look it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Didn't uh, Michael? What was his, what was his name? Michael Beck. Michael Beck. Didn't he do Xanadu right after that? Yeah. And you know what? Xanadu? Kind of a fun movie. It's great. I, I was hoping we you watched bash it, on it. We I watched it during uh, COVID. Come on. Gene Kelly? And John? Mike, and his job in the show, in the movie, is drawing album covers. Yeah. Come on. It's, it's, come on. it's oh, I see what it is. It's Jeffrey. You just wanted <laughs> to be the guy in Xanadu. That's right. I just want to wear a vest. <laughs> Wait, do you want to be in Xanadu or you want to wear a vest? Which one do you want Can to I do? Can I do both? He's Sonny Malone in Xanadu. Oh my God. Sonny Malone. And then he goes, he uh, roller skates through roller the wall. Roller skates into, into the wall. <laughs> oh, it's so great. It's so He's good. He's so determined. He's so determined, well, Sonny. You'd honestly have to be, right? You can't, you can't half ass roller skating into a wall. No. <laughs> 
No, you gotta, you gotta commit. Did you see that as you saw that as a kid, right? Oh yeah. I saw it in the theater. You saw Xanadu in the theater. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh wow. Okay. I did. I was unaware of that. Yeah. I had, I was, I, I went to this day camp, daycare after school care thing. And, uh, both during the school year and, uh, during the summertime and they would t- well, the first movie I ever, well, I don't want to say the first, but one of the first movies I ever saw, it was, it was a movie that they took us to, was Jaws in 1978. I was eight years old seeing that movie on the big screen. You Scarred saw, me for life. Terrified me. We, you know, we watch Jaws every year on my wife's birthday. Yeah. It's like a, you know, we get a, a group of people together to watch it. Jaws, still so good. It's so good. Everything yeah, about it's so good. If you're interested in in Jaws and Jaws trivia, there is a book written by Patrick Jankowitz called Just When You Thought It Was Safe, A Jaws Compendium. Uh, I have a copy. This is your friend's book. Yeah. Yeah. I went to high school with Pat. Yeah. Pat, Don, and and his other brother, Tom, who wrote Gross Point Blank. Um, oh, really? Yeah. They're from, they're all from Detroit. Um, but he's, he's done that. He's done uh, the Hulk, one for the Incredible Hulk with Bill Bixby, uh, one with Buck Rogers. But he's gone back and, and he finds all the people who are still around and interviews them. They're terrific. And he is a wealth of knowledge. It's probably one of the most, if not the most knowledgeable person about film and television I've ever met. See all of it just right off the tip of his tongue. Uh, I'd love people like that. Yeah. Do you think people feel like people think that we're like that about certain things? I don't know. Do they think we're like that? Or are we like, you know, Rob and, and Jack Black in high fidelity? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Those guys. <laughs> you shit on everybody that doesn't know as much as you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is everyone. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, Warriors is based on a Greek uh, story called Anabasis. Oh, so not in New York. Well, uh, yeah, I guess uh, from what I understand, it was, yeah, the, the guy the guy who wrote the book was based on this. But then I thought there was some kind of thing about it being also about... Uh, a group of people in New York, which I have to, mm. I have to really changes the song. Doesn't it? And a basses <laughs> come out to play. <laughs> doesn't work. No, it doesn't have doesn't quite, quite the same feel. No, I don't have any bottles, so I'm sorry, but uh, should, should we, do we need to watch warriors? Is it good? I haven't seen it. It's in a probably years. of, of a period. Yeah. I just remember the leader of that gang being super creepy. And he was also in, uh, he was in Dreamscape with Dennis Quaid. Okay. And then he was also the little mousy guy um, in Trading Places who worked for Gans. Oh, right, 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 right. That yep. guy. Yep. I think that, um, no, there's something about uh, these movies from the 70s showing things of New York. It's it's the same way that The Wiz makes me feel. Hmm. Have you seen the Wiz? Uh, you know, I have. I have not seen it lately. You're talking about the the Michael Jackson, Diana Ross. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I have not seen it. There's, I saw it back back in the day because my mom loved it. Oh, it's creepy. Is it? Well, there's just the way that it shows. You know, they use little chunks of New York and then they dress them up, and that, those are the sets that they use. Mm. And it just it feels like 1970s, you know, sort of rundown New York, in a way that. It's sort of a, that's a nightmare version of New York. If I was going to go to sleep and think about New York. But that, what was it like that? I mean, you were there. <laughs> 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 Sorry, um, did, did that come out weird? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it, uh, when people talk about New York in the 70s and they show footage and they're like, it should be like the way it was. I'm like, do you really want it the way it was? Because that seems like a really bad time. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, Coney Island is not like that today. I mean, it's fine today. It's just a big, giant amusement park now. Um, and a boardwalk and people go to the beach. It's packed in the summertime. Packed. And it's right at the end of the subway line I live on. So I can get on the subway and just take it for half an hour and I'm in. Oh, wow. I'm in Coney Get yourself Island. a Nathan's. I am going to eat at least one or two Nathan's hot dogs tonight at the Cyclones game. Wow. Uh, I like going to Cyclones. I don't uh, care about did, baseball, though. Did you see uh, uh, Springsteen closed out his three-night stint in New Jersey? Okay, I'm going to tell you something right now that you're going to be very mad about. I was offered tickets to go on Friday night. <gasps> you didn't go. And I didn't go. Why didn't you go? Did someone die? Uh, Did you have to go to a funeral? Well, no, someone lived. I had to then, go to my mother's then, birthday then, party. You went to your mother's birthday. She's going to have another one. <laughs> Bruce might not tour again. Well, not with the band. Here's the thing. Oh, I've seen gosh. Bruce Springsteen play. When I saw Bruce Springsteen play, it was my first concert ever. It was 1984. It was the Born in the USA tour. Yeah. It's never going to be that good. Probably not. So, although I saw some clips from it, and he did Jungle Land, and and Jake was fantastic on the sax. I mean, it, it, I just I saw Elvis Costello recently, and it was not, was good. not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it re- kind of detracted from my love of Elvis Costello. Really? Yeah, it was bad. Um, oh wow! And so I don't, I do, I didn't want that to happen to Bruce. Um, plus, it was my I mother's. Can, I, I can see that. It was my mother's birthday and she gets to choose what we do. Yeah, I can, I can see that. We did actually have three tickets. She could have gone. Um, but she she's the one who voted against it. Um, we did, however, on on Thursday night, go see Wicked. Oh, the, yeah, because that's better than going to see Bruce. <laughs> well, that was the day before. Um, we did go see a Broadway Yay. show. We saw Wicked. Let's, and you I know what? They do it was pretty that good. song from Wicked. Hmm. <laughs> That one song hey, you know what? from Wicked. Mr. I saw Rush 17 times on the last tour. <laughs> How many times did you see the Rush on their last tour? On the last tour? Yeah. Only a couple. But Rush was almost as good now as they ever were. No, 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 no. They weren't musically, good? Musically, yes. But vocally, no, no, no. Oh, okay. Getty's, Getty, lo- Getty's losing a little? Getty, he's, he's doing, he's singing from his nose and, and he just can't get, he, no. No. Does no. he does he admit that? I I don't know. He doesn't call much anymore. <laughs> we had a thing over a beer and I don't know. Yeah, it went, it went weird. Yeah, it was it was weird. Interesting. Um, no, they they sounded phenomenal. And and to know what kind of pain uh Neil was was working through sure. to to play those songs they they sounded phenomenal musically. But Getty's voice hasn't been I mean, it wasn't great on, on the R40 tour. Um, yeah, it hasn't been great for a while, but it was, yeah, it was great to see them. Interesting. And that, that's kind of what I'm afraid of with Bruce too, but I've, I've seen some songs and they sound good. They're not great. Right. Yeah. Right. And I saw him in his literal heyday. So I just, I, I can't, I saw him at the peak. I can't, can't see him after that. I feel like it would be wrong. Plus it was at Meadowlands. Which is oh, wow. yeah. enormous and huge and getting in and out of there is a nightmare. Is it still there? Meadowlands? Like, did they burn yeah. it down? 
No, I mean, like, you know how they rebuilt Yankee Stadium with a new one? <laughs> I think it's the original still. I've actually yeah. never been to Meadowlands in my entire life, even though I grew mm. up in New York and lots of shows there. And I guess there's football games there. I don't do football games, so that's not something I've done. Oh, but apparently Wicked's not a problem. Well, Wicked's right in Times Square. That's easy. Yeah, that's true. You got a problem with me going to see a Broadway show? No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, when you were talking about Previs, something popped into my head and I wrote it down. Did you see the clip? I can't remember who it was. They were talking about Kubrick filming The Shining. And apparently in his office, he had a, a replica of the hotel built. Yes. And he worked with his DP to have little scale lights built at the, that were a ratio of the big lights. So he could light, effectively light a shot the way he wanted it and then take a picture set it up on set and it would look identical to the picture. Like he, he, everything just matched. Isn't that cool? I'll, I'll, I'll find it and send it to you. It's really shouldn't interesting. That, shouldn't that be the way it, I mean, not the way it should be, but like, that's kind of cool that they were even doing that back in the day. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I hadn't seen that. You know, what's interesting to me though, that, that something I don't quite understand, although here I have a nice, uh, article on the, uh, the American Cinematographer uh, Cinematography Society thing about photographing The Shining. I'll put it in the show notes. Oh yeah, um, the, the, the ASC.com. Yeah. Um that 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 when you look at I don't know what happens and I should know what happens, but I don't know what happens. If I get out my Black Magic Cinema camera, which is a very capable piece of kit right and i go into a room and i shoot something at 24 frames a second with with available light or with something i've lit and then i look at it later somehow it doesn't feel to me like a movie that somebody else makes in a hotel like if i went to that hotel with my camera and shot some stuff Somehow it wouldn't look like the stuff that they take on these in movies. You know what I mean? I don't know what I'm trying to say here. What I'm trying to like, say like is that you you can't you can't replicate that. Is that what you're trying to yeah, get? Yeah, it's like I feel like there's a missing piece here, and I don't know. I guess probably it's just the color grading. Hmm. Because you know, did you ever see? I remember I used to have a copy of um, uh, what's the, what's the second Jurassic Park movie? Lost World on dvd and on the on the extras on the dvd there were some behind the scenes you know like missing scenes you know uh, what do they call them uh cutting room floor what's the word i'm looking for deleted scenes deleted scenes thank you and it then they also showed some special effects making of kind of stuff and they would show the shot before the special effects went in basically straight out of camera. Like here's the shot of the side of the Jeep getting blown in by explosives or whatever it is, you know, and here it is right. in the, in the actual shot where the thing's ramming it, you know, the, the dinosaurs ramming it. And I know that the, the original one is, you know, just an early scan or whatever it is, but the original one looks like an image I would take. <laughs> and then in the end, it ends up looking like something Spielberg would take. And I'm just thinking, okay, Spielberg, has the same light that I have. If they're shooting outside, I was watching a movie last night. There was a, there's a movie about the Boston Strangler that's on Hulu. 
that uh what's her name is in it um uh god who's the who's the british actress uh, Kira knightley's in it uh and Kira knightley's in a movie about the boston strangler yeah about her huh. and this other woman being um uh working at a newspaper and basically f- breaking the story uh about the boston strangler like doing all the research that the other people didn't want to do and taking the police to task for not protecting women and you know chris cooper is their boss and whatever oh i love chris cooper yeah it wasn't a great movie but like if you have hulu and you need something to watch it wasn't it wasn't bad but what was really beautiful about it it just looked great it just Mm. looked great and there were scenes that were shot outside that you could tell didn't have any lights you know what i mean they were just available light whatever and they just, they still looked great. Now, of course, you're you're shooting Kira Knightley in period dress with really great makeup on and everyone looks cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, like part of it is the dressing of the set and the location and whatever. Um, but it's like, how did they make hard light look that good, you know? And maybe I just need to go start taking lessons from somebody who does color grading is, is really what it comes down to. Because I think that's the big difference between what these people are shooting on set and what we see in the final thing and why it looks the way it looks. Does this any, any of this make any sense? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know much about color grading. Um, don't at know all. much about color grading. That's true. <laughs> don't know yeah. much about no, that. That extra syllable really works. <laughs> <laughs> they should put it in wicked. Oh, uh, <laughs> Hey, you know what? Wicked's been there for 20 years. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Um, is, who's it's not still Kristen Chenoweth, is it? No, 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 no. They left. Uh, they left a, left a decade or more ago. Actually, yeah. the two women who are in now, the two leads, interestingly enough, uh, were both in the uh, Frozen musical together. So they're friends, and now they're the two leads in this one. And uh, the blonde woman—I'm not being degrading. One of them's a blonde, one's a brunette. That's the whole point. Uh, the blonde woman who plays Glinda, Glinda, uh, plays Glinda the Good Wish, which is. Uh, put a picture of herself on her Instagram the other day of her as like a little 10 year old out in front of wicked, like pointing at the poster, like, Oh my God, I'm here seeing wicked. That's funny. And now she's the lead in wicked. And it just said, you know, some dreams do come true. That's cool. Yeah. No, I I just kid. I love Broadway shows. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Anyway, the Boston Strangler, it's called Boston Strangler. Uh, it's, uh, it was, uh, came out in July and yes, it was, uh, what year was the Boston Strangler? The 1960s, early 1960s. Hmm. Um, when you were in your forties, fifties, yeah, right? <laughs> when you were still working, right? Before, right, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Before I got my gold watch. Um, hey, should we do some Q and A right now? No, <laughs> I don't think we have any cues to A. <laughs> I was going to say, sure. What do you got? Um, yeah, that would be fun. We haven't done one of those in a long time. Yeah, in many a year. Uh, so if you guys want to send us a question, podcast at ontakingpictures.com. That would be fun. Uh, would be really good. Yeah. So send us, send up some, uh, questions to answer and we can, we or can. Or on the, on the vo- uh, voicemail on the, the. the oh yeah. The yeah. 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 Two oh something. Working on it. Working on it. Nine two nine nine two nine three nine zero one nine one six. That's nine two nine three nine zero nineteen sixteen. Um, yeah, so just send us some questions. Hey, you had a, a pod, uh, uh, um, photographer of the week last week that we didn't use because I jumped in. Uh, oh, I did. 
I did. Who was it? Um, it is uh, Alfred Cheney Johnston. Okay. Um, I follow working on it. Uh, somebody on Instagram, and she posted. He oh, does yeah. like Zigfield girls. To and, be fair, and did he died in nineteen? Yeah, yeah, did did. Um, but I just think some of these things are so beautiful, and and you know, from the twenties and thirties, nineteen tens. I mean, just you know, sure. kind of the golden age of 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 glamour, and you know, I, I just thought that was really interesting work. I think it is interesting work. Um, some of these just little heads up. Some of these, even on the Wikipedia article, are nudes. Um, so just beware that you may see that, uh, here I'll paste in this. These are the, those are the links that I had. No, but these are really beautiful. There's something about the quality of those old kinds of, George Harrell had the same kind of quality in that early work. Um, you know, they, they don't have great focus. They don't have great dynamic range. They don't like all of that stuff that we sort of fawn over now. They didn't need great focus or great dynamic range, but there is something about these photographs that, Whoa, lots of links. Okay. There's an innocence to them despite the bearing of skin. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. They're not titillating. No, no. Yeah. Look at, I mean, it also goes to show you Man, there have been beautiful people forever. Yes. Didn't start with you influencers. Yep. It's true. It's true. Somebody said something along the lines of, you know, uh, to, to all you 20-something fitness influencers with six-pack abs and whatever it is, it's just like, you know what? I had six-pack abs, too, when I was 23 years old. Like, right. Call me when you're 50 and let me... Yeah, right. then, let's, then let's look at it. <laughs> it's funny oh these are beautiful yeah where'd you find this guy uh somebody i follow on one of the things maybe instagram uh shared w- uh, one of his photos oh you know what it is it's that first that first link noir chick in old hollywood on twitter so she posts uh just routinely uh photos of look at that photo that she posted that first link yeah 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 naomi johnson photographed by alfred cheney johnson John Stun. So it's John Stun photographed by John Stun. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, man, but anyway, she beautiful. she posts all kinds of uh, of vintage, really great vintage photography. Wow, this guy's good. Imagine too, he lived from eighteen eighty five to nineteen seventy one. The changes this guy saw, crazy, right? He was born crazy. in eighteen eighty five, and he watched the moon landings. Holy cow. He was there before he was 16 years or 18 years old when the airplane was invented. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, uh, apparently in 1960, he donated a set of 245 large prints of his work to the Library of Congress in D.C. Largely nude and semi-nude folly girls performing from uh, various shows, including Fanny Bryce, Billy Burke, Ruby Keller, etc. Yeah, very cool. Apparently five of them have, quote, gone missing over the years. Although the library still has 240 of them in its prints and photography division. Man, we should try to go over there and check them out in person. That'd be cool. You know, I can talk to uh, Gary on our street. He's a librarian there at the Library of Congress and see what it would take to get in there. That would be a lot of fun. I'm Maybe sure. Do, a, yeah, do an sure. in-person from the Library of Congress. That'd be fun. <clears throat> All right. Well, we'll do that. Yeah. I'm going to be down there soonish, so we can totally do that. That would be amazing. Maybe do a meetup afterwards. Yeah. Oh, Eat speaking some- of which, uh, speaking of doing things live... Uh, did yeah. you see that Rode put out a new, I have those 
pro, what are that? What do I have? The wireless go to wireless go to. Yeah. Um, they have a wireless pro now, which is basically wireless go to's 32 bit floating point time code capability, uh, locking TRS connector for the, from external microphone to it, more space in their 32 gigs as opposed to eight or whatever mine have. I mean, okay. It's a nice piece of kit for 300 bucks, 400 bucks. See, I think it's overpriced. You think think $400 is overpriced. Okay. Yes. And I think what they're doing is a trend. It's a disturbing trend that, that lots of other companies are doing. And they're, they're slapping the word pro on disturbing trend. Yeah. They're slapping the word pro on as an excuse to charge. What is pro? Is it 32 bit float? No, because zoom has had 32 bit float on, on their products for a long time. So has Tascam. I think that probably the time code capability is the big thing. That's what people have been clamoring for. Well, time pro, code. I think that that's what pros have been clamoring for. Cause then you yeah, can but, sync with video. And, and who, who was the genius that not decided to make them piano black gloss. So they, they would reflect every Actually, single I think thing. These on the are set. matte. No, they're gloss. Oh, Look the, at them. The they're pros that, are gloss that, too. Yeah. They're that candy. Oh, you're you right. Know, yeah, yeah. You're right. Like, come on, you people. I like mine. They work pretty Have good. Have you learned nothing from Marquez Brownlee? Matte black everything. I will say these also come with the lav mics, though. That is true. That is true. So that is true. For the price, actually, it's not now that, it, bad. Just saying. I didn't know that they made a newer version that was time code compatible, which if you're making movies and stuff would be a big yeah. deal. Um, anyway, cool stuff. Same. From what I understand, it's the same mic capsule. So if you don't like the way the wireless go to sound, you're yeah. not going to like the way these sound. I think they sound pretty good with a little doctoring do they yeah i mean i think they're a little they're a little flat but it's an omni mic from you know a foot away it's not gonna be crispy clear Um, i i uh when i was looking at these things i still prefer the sound of the dji mics to the wireless go twos there's a little bit of i don't know there's a little bit of sparkle that the the dji's have that the the road this would be the dji mic uh oh they're actually called the dji mic yeah, I think they're 349, 329. 329. Yeah. So similar kind of thing. Uh, so cool, though, that we have this. I mean, the technology on these things is just kind of cool. Yeah, it's crazy. The fact that we've gotten to the point where you can have 32 gigs of storage and 32-bit floating point and this, that, and the other thing all inside of a package that you can throw in your pocket when you go on vacation. It's now, crazy. For, for those people listening who are going, okay, 32-bit floating, so what? What's that? You're asking give me? me? You no, know, I'm giving, give yeah. Give, give me the, the way I understand it yeah. is it, is it means you don't have to worry about gain or levels because it's not going to clip. And if it's yes. too soft, you can bring it up in post. Yeah, okay. Yes. This is what they say. And yes, I think that that's true from an, from an audio nerd point of view. The one thing that that leaves out is, um, is the mic pre cause there, there, there is an analog section in there before it gets converted into digital theoretically that's hmm. amplifying it. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a mic pre that's setting a level before it goes into digital, in which case, if it was really, really quiet, even though you could pull it up cause there's data there, it would also be pulling up analog noise. Like you're never uh, going to get away from, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 You're never going to get away from quantum noise basically. <laughs> um, so I think that at a certain point it's more useful not clipping because you have extra bits at the top so that no matter mm-hmm. how loud it gets, it can just, you know, go up one bit. Um, so I think the general usefulness of it, I don't find that even 24-bit systems, just 
record a little, you know, fairly low and you'll be all right, you know, because you can pull it up. But yeah, it sure. It makes it impossible to clip basically because you have four trillion decibels of, you know, right. Of, you of still space. may have to do quite a bit of work in post to even all of it out. Sure. But. And it's, it's, it reminds me of uh, when somebody was talking to somebody, a friend of mine was talking to the guy who at the, at the sound devices. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. The people booth. who make the mix pre. Yeah. yeah. And they said, you know, we, we don't advertise this, but basically if you can see anything on the meter, like if you can see the meter move at all, you're fine. Huh. Like our mic, mic pre's are so quiet that. Yeah. If we have any recording at all in your 24 bit, you're fine. You can bring it up. So you um, could, you could consistently record 12 dB down and not worry about it. You could consistently, I think they were saying you could consistently record 50 dB down and be fine. Oh, wow. 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 Um, the, 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 the problem is, is that, you know, sound devices spends a lot of money on their mic pre's, which is why they're so good and they're so quiet. Um, I don't think that DJI and Rode are putting mic pre's of that quality in a thing that also has all the other capabilities for $300. Agreed. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm, I'm sure if sound devices made a version of this and it cost a thousand dollars for two of these things, it would sound amazing. But then again, all these things sound, sound amazing. I mean, like, yeah. you know, you were, you were, you made a comment the other day where you're just like, yeah, you know, this, this, my micro four thirds camera sensor stuff like looks amazing. It's like, yeah, of course it does. Yeah. You know, every camera looks good nowadays. Some of them look unbelievably good you know the the floor has come up and so has the ceiling you know what i mean yeah like i remember when i had when i got my first 5d in 2005 2005 somewhere around there 2007 whatever it was when i bought my first 5d it was like 12 megapixels it's all the megapixels in the world yeah and i remember i did it i did my first editorial shoot and they questioned they were just like, well, you're going to give us a file that's big enough for like the cover, right? And I'm like, I've got a 12 megapixel full frame camera. I got all the pixels you need, baby. Right. Like that, that's what it felt like. <laughs> and now I look at those files and I think, oh my God, there's so little data in them compared to the yeah, yeah, yeah. 12,000 12, pixel by whatever that I get out of the Fuji or even the. I, I would like 9, to try pixel. the Fuji 50R. I've been looking at that camera. Uh, for the last few weeks and it looks like a big x pro it is a clunky. big x pro it is apparently very slow and clunky um yeah you can get them very cheap now you could always yeah, rent get them for like two grand yeah i mean i mean i have my feelings but like if you're gonna spend two grand you could, you could get the pentax for two grand and that's yeah. that in my opinion is a far more i'm still waiting to hear what useful uh, camera what if anything they found their tech is supposed to be back today okay and they're in the meantime they're sending me another one okay so. yeah we have to talk about that on, on for real at some point yes um uh good one uh photographer of the week yeah cool wow alfred cheney johnston went a little we went a, a little great tangent name. there at the end what a great name isn't it alfred cheney johnston yeah how come you don't have a good name like that <laughs> i blame my parents <laughs> do you think that you uh uh you would name a kid a good a good name? No. It's <laughs> <No. coughs> like no. I mean, I would like it. He's like, I'd like, think about it for six years. The kid would be yeah. like, Dad, I'm going to kindergarten. Can I have a name, please? And he'd be like, ah. you, you know, a name I like. You know, a name I like for a boy. What? Otis. Otis. Yeah. That has to be common nowadays. You think? 
Well, all the weird names have come back again. Oh, great. My kid's weird. Well, no, That's I mean, cool. you know, my Thanks. nephew's name is Bertram. <laughs> like, right. you know, who, who names their kid Bertram nowadays? It's cool. Yeah, I like Otis. I like dog names for people. <laughs> Spot. <laughs> no, not like that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, Come uh, here, champ. <laughs> well, people actually do that one. Yeah. Uh, you got any other, you got anything else? No, I think I'm good. Okay. I think I'm good. Uh, one more time, podcast at ontakingpictures.com. Uh, if you want to send us a voicemail, 929-390-1916. Oh, and thank you so much for the people who went to Apple Podcasts and did reviews. We got like five or six more reviews this week. Oh, terrific. So terrific. Uh, if you've been thinking about doing that and haven't gotten around to it, please go give us a review. Thank you. Boy, that's that's sweet. And uh, uh, it helps people find us. And uh, we will, uh, we'll talk to you next week, I guess. Yep. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Going on and on the way we are for so long. To any fool, it's plain to see something's wrong. As this way, say what you want to say.